If I can have, uh, where's uh, Steve Collins, um, Miss Yvonne, if you can come up, Mr. Charles and Deborah, if you can come up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then um, Steph, you can come up. Is Whitney here? Okay. All right. Awesome. Oh, look at how cute. <laughs> That was the cutest stage entrance ever. Okay, so what we're going to do, um, uh, Mr. Steve, you can stand right here, turn around this way, and you're going to face Mr. Charles, and then if you two can swap sides. All right, so you're going to stand behind them. You're going to come out of here. All right, so we're going to do a staring contest between these two, and your job is to distract your husbands. All right? <laughs> you ready? Set. Now, whoever, y'all help me out. Tell, so, whoever breaks the stair first. Ready, set, go. <laughs> All right. So, who lost that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was supposed to move, be a big distraction. I saw you blowing kisses back first. Yeah, you lost, exactly. All right, if you two can sit down, thank you very much. You two stay, you two stay. The Tuckers can sit. Colin, stay. All right, we don't have Whitney up here. Where's Whitney? She needs to hurry up and come back from the nursery. All right, come on, Steph. Yep, I want you to do it. You're going to stare down your dad. Miss Yvonne, you're going to stay there. It's his distraction. <laughs> All right. Uh, Destiny, come up here. You're going to be Steph's distraction. Whitney's too slow. <laughs> All right. Y'all don't have to look at each other yet. Yeah. All right. Yep. On your mark. Get set. Go. Destiny, stop. And Steph lost. All right, thank you, thank you. Okay, Whitney is still not here. She's still in the nursery. All right, come on. All right, wait, 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 Miss Yvonne. Now it's gonna be you two. All right, Steph, stay up here. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, why did I have them? <laughs> okay, come on up here. You're gonna be Miss Yvonne's distraction. <laughs> it's the girl. <laughs> uh, are you going to be able to get what I need? Yep. No, I need yep. somebody else. Um, come on, Pastor Andy. All right, perfect. All right. Can I say things? Yeah, you can say things. All right. And yeah, your goal is to stare at him as long as possible. Ready, set, go. And five, four, three, two, one. All right, and stop. Thank you. Thank you very much. You guys did exactly what I needed you to do. 
right, you can all be seated. <laughs> what I wanted you to see by that illustration is um, we have, the, the more intimate your relationship, the easier it is for you to see each other, to look at each other, to not let the distractions of life throw you off. And so tonight I want to talk to you about looking into the Word to receive your healing. And as you can see on different levels, so first, um, I kept Steve up here. He's kind of the object of the lesson, but, you know, first he was staring at his friend. So you have those friendship relationships that sometimes can be distractions. Then the next level, he was staring at his child. But then when we got to that greater intimacy level, there was nothing that could stop that bond. Nothing could distract it. And that's the level of intimacy that we should have with God. That no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening in our bodies, no matter what's happening in our lives, nothing can stop us from staring into him and into his word and receiving what he has for us. So the more intimate your relationship, the deeper the gaze and the harder it is for anyone or anything to distract you from what God has for you. Make sure your affections push you in the right directions. Put boundaries on your desires. Don't go after everything you see. Look straight ahead. Keep your eyes fixed on your goal. And don't get sidetracked on detours that lead to sin or wrong decisions or even to doubt. So our theme scripture for tonight is um, Proverbs 4, verse 20. So you'll turn there with me. I'm going to read it to you in a couple different translations. Proverbs 4, 20 Tonight's message is titled, Don't Lose Sight. I love this scripture. Um, when it comes to healing, it just makes it so plain. It says, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 in the New Living Translation, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. The New King James Version says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. The Passion Translation says, I just want y'all to get this scripture. You know, like Minister Joe was saying, the Bible is the only, thing that, the only book that speaks back to you. And every time you, you look at a scripture, you just keep looking at it, and God will keep speaking to you. So we're just going to keep hearing it in different translations. Um, the Passion Translation says, Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all, to, to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Amplified version says, My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. And then the Message Bible, I like this one, it says, Dear friend, listen well to my words, tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, body and soul, 
they are bursting with health. Everything that you need in life is found in the Word of God. We're to look at it. We're to read it. We're to stare at it. We're to make, put that in the front and center of our mind. We're to keep that in our focus. We're to concentrate on it. Get it in there. It's not about what's going on in your body. You know, because it, it's there, because you're feeling it, because you're in this realm of the, the five senses of your body, you know, you, you tend to focus on what you feel, but really God is telling you to focus on the Word. Just keep your face in the Word. Keep your eyes focused on Him. Don't let anything distract you. It's what you do with God's words, God's word that determines your success or your failure in life. His word is powerful. So you have to incline your ear like one of the verses of the scripture say. So you have to really, you know, just kind of tune in. You have to kind of listen to your to the word of God. Listen to what he's saying. You know, even as I was just studying um, for tonight, every time I read the scripture, he just kept showing me different things. And I'm like, okay, I got to just focus on a little bit. <laughs> you know? where, where do I go with this? You know, but it just, the more I kept looking at it and the more I kept doing what he was telling me to communicate to you, the more he kept speaking to me. And the more the word became alive on the inside of me. And he began to show me things. And that's what he'll do. So keep your face in the word. Now, this scripture that, we're talk that I shared with you is not necessarily about prayer. Prayer is not a bad thing, but it's about the word. Just taking the word, ingesting the word, receiving the word. Sometimes we think we can't get healed unless, you know, we are, we're praying or, you know, we're doing this or we're doing that. But he said, my words bring life and health to you. Speaking those words bring health and life to you. So, of course, you know, I'm not saying that prayer is a bad thing, and I'm not saying not to pray, but I'm just saying what this scripture is pointing out is that sometimes we default and we just pray, but then we don't want to do what the word says to do. So I'm just encouraging you, this is another layer that's pretty important, right? Because he spells it out right? He just, it, it, that, that scripture just makes it so plain and so clear. Healing can work for you just by putting the word to work for you. Incline your ear to his sayings and let them not depart before your eyes. Stay in the word until it produces results. Don't walk away until it produces what it said it's going to do. See, the Word of God is alive, it has power, it has everything that you need in it. So don't walk away. Don't be distracted from spending time in His Word. One of the words that we're focusing on in that is to look. So in Numbers 21, um, 
basically in verse 8 and 9. I'm going to read the scripture to you. But this is a story about the Israelites. They had come out of Egypt, and um, they had gotten to a place where, you know, they wanted to grumble and complain. They wanted to talk to God about the food that he was providing for them. And, you know, they're whining. All we have is this nasty manna to eat. And, you know, when we were in Egypt, we had this and this and that. And, you know, every day we were slaves, and we were carrying bricks, and they were hard taskmasters. But it was so much better being there than eating this nasty food out here with all our freedom, you know. So they're whining and complaining. And so that whining and complaining and grumbling opened up the door for snakes to come into their camp. You know, so be careful what you're saying. You're grumbling, whining, and complaining. It opens the doors for snakes to come into your camp, to come into your life. And so those snakes started biting people and started killing them, you know. And so they're like, wait, you know, we're so sorry, God, you know, forgive us. Your food was good, you know. We love that manna, you know. So sorry, Lord. And so they, you know, started calling out to Moses. So first they were complaining. And they're like, Moses, help us, you know, call, you know, call God to help us. And so in Numbers 21, verse 8 through 9, it says, then the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of a bronze, out of bronze and attached it to a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by the snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. This was a type of Christ. So, you know, at that time, Christ hadn't come. They didn't have, you know, him. He hadn't died for them. But God said, I'm going to provide healing for you. Just keep your eyes focused on this. And he was preparing them to keep their eyes focused on Jesus. So as as long as they stared at that bronze statue, they received their healing. As long as you stare and keep your eyes into the word, you will receive your healing. The major part of that scripture, it says everyone that looks, everyone that looks at it, None of them didn't, they didn't receive healing except under the condition of looking. They had to look up and they had to look up at that. And just like Proverbs says, incline your ear, look, keep your eyes on the word. The word look, I'm going to define that for you. I know it seems simple, but there's lots of definitions (laughs) for the word look. Number one, it means to be occupied and influenced with what you are looking at. Give attention to. To be occupied and influenced with what you are looking at. Look until the word influences what you see. Be occupied with the word. Let the word change your vision. This type of looking is equivalent to Abraham refusing to consider his own body. Be occupied and influenced, being occupied and influenced by our feelings or symptoms is reversing the conditions that God requires. Look until your faith grows. Whatever you're believing God for, it's important to get scripture on whatever you're believing for. That is what brings that into the sight realm. That is what allows us to see whatever we're believing for with the eyes of our spirit until we see it in the natural. You have to see before you can see. And if you don't see before you see, then you won't see. Right? 
So, you know, it's, it's like when you have a dream and you dream about something, you know, you, you talk to some people that are successful in life and maybe they overcame some great odds. What did they do? They saw a dream and they stuck with that dream no matter what. And if the world can do that, then how much more could we do that with the power of the word backing us? We see it all the time. How did you go from nothing to being CEO of a company? How did you go from nothing to being a great athlete? How did you go from nothing to this? They had a dream, they stayed focused on that dream, and they did whatever it took to have that dream come to pass in their lives. But yet, sometimes we get tired. It can't just be about reading and confessing the word. What else can I do, God? What, what do you need me to do? How do you need me to help you bring this to pass? He says, stay in the word. Okay, but what else? You need me to go over here? You need me to do this? You need me to change cities? You need me to change zip codes? I mean, you need me to find this person over here? Oh, that's exactly what I have to do. You need me to walk out of your plan to get what you have for me? I'm just checking, just in case you need a little extra help. Stay in the word. It grows your faith. Number two, looking means expectation, to consider. To look unto God for salvation means to expect salvation from him. God provided salvation in Jesus. Everything we need is provided in Jesus. We read in the Bible that Sarah considered that she could rely upon him who had promised instead of considering her age. She received by faith by considering the word of God. She looked to God. She looked to his promises. She didn't consider her body. I love how in the end of that story, you know, a lot of times we hear about Sarah and Abraham, how, you know, they trusted God, they believed God, you know, and you read about that in the New Testament, in Romans, in Hebrews, it talks about that they were great people of faith. And, you know, so when God came to Abraham, he shared with him in the, in the book of Genesis, God shared with Abraham, he's like, you know, I, you're going to be the father of many nations because God was talking to Abraham about blessing him. And he said, God, how am I? supposed to be a blessing. This is great and wonderful, but I don't have an heir to give this to. And God said, no problem. I'm changing your name to Abraham. You're going to be the father of many nations, and I'm going to bless you, and this is what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to cut covenant with you so that you know it's good. So some time passed, and then God came back to Abraham and said, hey, just wanted to remind you, Abraham, that you're going to be the father of many nations. Abraham laughed. thing. He cut covenant with him and all that. Abraham's like, yeah, you know, I'm, we're doing this, God. We're doing this. And then some time passed and God came back to him and was like, hey, I just want to remind you, I haven't forgotten about you. He's like, yes, you did. I ain't got no kids. And God's like, don't laugh. I got this. Just stay with me. So Abraham got it right. Then you read in the next chapter that some, some guys, I'm sure there were some angels, came by to have food with Abraham. And they were like, hey, where's Sarah? This time next year, when we come back, she's going to have a child. Sarah was in the tent hiding out. She was like, <laughs> I'm 99. Abraham is 100. We ain't doing that. Ain't nobody having no kids now. You want to show up, God? 
See, sometimes we get distracted because of the timing. We think that if it doesn't happen in a certain timing that we have planned, that that means that God's not going to do it. But he needed them to stay focused on his word because God had a miracle for them. She might have been focused on healing in her body, like, you know, it doesn't work. You know, and that's what she said to Abraham. She's like, God, you know, he hasn't blessed me with any kids. Something's wrong with my body. Go ahead. You know, here's my servant. We'll just have a kid through them. She quickly regretted that, trying to do stuff, trying to help God out. He didn't need no help. And then she laughed, and then she was like, no, I didn't laugh. Well, yes, you did. But it's okay. I'm still going to do it. And they reset their focus, and the promise that God had for them came to pass. So don't get discouraged if, you know, maybe you've been off your, your word, or maybe you've been a little discouraged, or maybe you've been, you know, feeling like, you know, I've been confessing the word, I've been doing this, and, and I've been standing on the promises of God, and this is what God said, and this is what his word said, but it's not working for me. It hasn't come to pass. I'm still feeling this pain. I still have this going on in my body. I'm trying every single day. I'm trying to stay focused, but God is saying, don't laugh. Don't let go. I'm right there at the right time. He has the plan. He has the purpose. So stay focused on his word and what he has for you. The word look is in the continuous present tense. It's not a mere glance, but a continuous stare until you are well. It was a steadfast faith that brought the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. The healing process goes on while we are looking unto the promise. It's working. It is working. The Word works, and the Word is working in you. Look also means to be facing or to turn in a specific direction. I like this story in Isaiah 38 about Hezekiah. It says he was sick unto death. I'm going to just summarize this story um, for time's sake. But it says he was sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet came to him. And not only was uh, Hezekiah sick, but then um, God sent Isaiah to tell him, you know, you're going to die. So I'm like, he's sick, he's got all these symptoms in his body. Then the prophet comes and tells him that God himself tells him. He's like, hey, you're going to die. But what did Hezekiah do in this story? Did he say, oh, God told me I was going to die. Uh, I got all this in my body. No, what he did was he turned his face to the wall and he began to speak to God. And he began to remind God of his promises. And God blessed him with more life. See, what we need to do is we need to learn how to turn our face to the wall. 
turn our face to the word, not be distracted by anything else. But when our our symptoms come and they're yelling out and screaming, you're going to die, you're going to lose this, you're going to do that. You know, you might have um, well-meaning friends that come by and they're like, you know, I'm going to pray for you, I'm going to do this. You need to say, no, 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 I'm not going to be distracted by anything, but I'm going to keep my face in the word. God, speak to me, speak life to me, show me in your word, show me your promises, God. I trust you, God. I trust your promises. You said that healing belongs to me. So I receive that healing. I receive it all over my body. I receive it. That's what we have to do. Set our face to the wall. Now, this is somebody in the Old Testament. We have the promise. Jesus died for us. And the bottom line with that illustration that I have is Jesus is the Word. I think the biggest thing that God spoke to me when I was studying, you know, I, you know, I'm reading that scripture and it was like, you know, keep your eyes on the Word and stay focused on the Word and, and consider the Word and keep it in the Word. And then he said, I'm the Word. So when you're looking at the Word, you're looking at him. If you can put up, if you guys have that picture, you're looking at the word. And the best thing about it, when you're looking at the word, the word is looking back at you. He What I wanted you to see in this picture is Yvonne is looking at Steve and Steve is looking at Yvonne. No distraction is stopping them from looking at each other. And the deeper the look, the more intimate the look, the more intimate the stare. So when you look into the word, Jesus is looking back at you. He is life. He is health. He is strength. He's all that you need. So when God is telling you to look into the Word, He's telling you to look into Jesus, who's already provided healing for you. That's the importance of looking into the Word. John 1, verses 1 through 5, in the New Living Translation says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. When you look into the Word, you look into Jesus, you receive His life, you receive the light, and the darkness that's in you has to go. I'm going to read that um, verse in the, the mirror translation. It says, John 1.1, it says, To go back to the very beginning is to find the word present there face to face with God. The one mirrors the other. 
The word is, I am. I mean, do you see the connection? Do you see how powerful that is? Jesus face-to-face -face with God, and when we are face-to-face -face with the Word, we're face-to-face -face with the God of the Word. We're face-to-face -face with Jesus. And the most powerful thing about that is that God's Word never fails. It never fails. Hebrews 12.2 in the Passion Translation says, We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was so focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits at the right hand of the throne of God. When we look into the word, we see Jesus who when he was on the cross, he was looking at you. That's why he did what he did for you. So to let sickness or anything stay in our bodies, it doesn't make sense at all because of all that he gave and he's up there and he did what he did. He endured all that we, he went through because we were his gaze. We were the joy. We were what he was looking at. He saw you. He saw me. He did it for me. He did it for you. He did it for you. He did it for you. Each and every one of us, that's who he saw. So we need to look into the word so that we can be face to face with him. He placed before his eyes the bliss we would forever share together with him, which empowered him to go through his agony. Instead of remaining in heaven's glory with the Father and all the angels, he chose you as the joy set before him. Now, if he did all of that, how much more does he want you to walk in health and healing and life? It's powerful. God himself guarantees his word will always work for you every single day and in every single circumstance. The word always works. Isaiah 55, 11, the Passion Translation says, As the snow and rain that fall from heaven do not return until they have accomplished their purpose, soaking the earth and causing it to sprout with new life, providing seed to sow and bread to eat, so also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. His word works. Speak the words that you see. Speak life. Speak Jesus. 
Why does his word work? Because God stands as the authority behind every word that is spoken in his word. Psalms 138.2 says in the New King James Version, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. That's why he says to attend to his words, because he knows that his word will never fail. That's, that's some, man, some good stuff. <laughs> that's our dad. That's our loving God. That's our Father. He made provision for us. He loves us. He loves us so much. Get full of the Word. Before you can put the Word to work, get the Word to work for you, you'll need to continually incline your ear unto God's saying then God's words will be a remedy for you anytime you need it. Look into the word until it produces faith and then keep looking. The word is a seed. And as you read it, that seed gets planted into you. And you just keep watering it. You water the word with the word. It's, just, it's a pretty cool thing. We, we tend to make things so complicated. Like, really, can it be that simple? And then he says he'll help you be patient. He'll help you endure. He'll help you through it all. He's got a plan, and he has a purpose. And his plans are good. And he provided healing, and healing belongs to you. I'm going to close with this before we pray for those of you who are here that need to receive healing. Romans 4, verse 18 through 21 in the Passion Translation says, Against all odds when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promises and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child, and because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. We need to be convinced that God has all the power that's needed to fulfill his promises. If he said it, he will do it. So I want to encourage you, if you're believing God for healing, whatever you're believing God for, get the word on it. Look at his promises. You can trust him. You can believe him. 
He will do what he said he would do, no matter what it looks like in the natural, no matter what it feels like in the natural. You know, you may need healing in an area of your, your body. You may need God to, to regrow some things or redo some things. You know, maybe there was, there was damage. Maybe you need a miracle like Abraham and Sarah did. All of that is still in the Word. It's not impossible. It's, it's interesting. You can read story after story where God shows up when man is past himself. I mean, you know, I was reading through Bible and I'm, I'm reading in Matthew and I was reading about the birth of Jesus and, you know, reading about the birth of John the Baptist. And, you know, that was another old couple that God blessed with a child. And these people, you know, back in the day, having a kid, I mean, it was such a big deal. It was such a major thing. And so it, it brought such disgrace, and it was, it was such a thing for a woman not to have a child. You know, you read about Hannah that just went into the temple, and I mean, she went after that kid. And you, and you know what it is? It's like when they got past themselves, and it was like they got to the place where only God could do it. God showed up and he did amazing things. Shut the mouth of Zachariah. He's like, now nah, I got this and I need you to shut up. You ain't going to say a word until this child is born because I don't need you messing up anything that I'm trying to do. But it's interesting. Don't get discouraged. Don't lose faith. Don't lose heart. Don't stop looking into the word. His promises are true and they will come true.